Hi, and welcome to the Yes Podcast. Here, we share a collection of real stories told by real people who have said, I am yes. I am young enough to serve. We hope these stories and the lessons in them encourage you and challenge you to get involved in kingdom work in your church, neighborhood, and life. Welcome to Yes. Hi, this is Judy Wick, and I'm in beautiful Scotts Valley. I'm actually at the gorgeous new public library in a soundproof booth today. And I have with me some friends that um, Wes and I have known for about 20 years. They actually used to pastor. They weren't our pastors. They were here uh, before we got here and left before we got here. But they used to pastor in uh, Santa Cruz in the Monterey Bay area. And they're friends to many. They're Bob and uh, Charlene Paget, And Bob and Charlene have huge, huge hearts. I think you're going to really appreciate their story. And so, hi, Bob, and hi, Char. Welcome. Oh, it's <laughs> nice you. to be here. So, Bob, you were actually my brother's pastor uh, when uh, they attended college locally. And... Um, I just would like for you to tell our friends kind of what happened as you were pastoring and close to maybe getting ready to think about retirement and what happened in your heart. Well, um, my motivation to pastor that church uh, was kind of secondary to what was the call of God upon our lives to be missionaries. And I was a state youth and education director in the state of Oregon. and. Uh, I uh, took our family out to Hawaii to, for a week before I was to go from island to island to share uh, to a lot of young people. And uh, the biggest tragedy could ever happen to a person happened to us when we lost our, mm-hmm. our baby girl while we were out there. And that just canceled the trip and brought us back. And then Char had years of not being able to breathe. Mm-hmm. And so it just really, um, you know, we were called to go to the mission field, but those circumstances made it to where we could not go. So my prayer was, Lord, if we can't go to the mission field, give us a church with a mission's heart, Mm -hmm. much like Oswald J. Smith's church in Toronto, Canada, the People's Church, where there were over 200 couples that went out into full-time ministry because of his work. And uh, so would you believe, during that 17-year period, we built uh, probably um, 23 churches overseas And I'm telling you, the men and the women that went for these projects, it just changed their lives. And that church grew from 200 to over 1,000. And and when we resigned from that church, uh, the secretary, treasurer of the church, uh, gave us a a statistic that I didn't know, I I uh, I wasn't aware of, that 57 young people from the Santa Cruz area and and couples Mm -hmm. went into full-time ministry because of the outreach and the mission of that church. And you know, we always stress missions in that church. Right. We also had a sign in the parking lot that says, when you leave, you are now entering the mission field. Love that. So we wanted people to know that I don't care if you're a teacher or a plumber, whatever you are, you could be called. Right. You don't have to Wherever just be behind the pulpit, you can be called. That is so amazing, and that's your, that is your passion. I mean, you you lived that out. Charlene, can you just share with us just a little bit about, like, from a mother's heart, kind of what you were going through? I know that was such a tragic, 
time for you, such a tragedy losing a child. I yes. can't even imagine. It was awful. Mm. And you feel like you were in hell <laughs> because mm. you couldn't get above it. But but there's no recourse. So then you have to wrestle with, okay, Lord, if you are the blessed controller of all things in our lives, then can I trust you through this? And to add to the death of our baby was then people came to the funeral and they were ill with infection and I developed an infection in my lungs Mm -hmm. that uh, put me on a lung machine in and out of the hospital for over five years. So that just destroyed any kind of vision for us to be on the mission field as full-time missionaries appointed, you know, to be, be living there. So that was what God then used it for us to feel called to pastor, but still we had that mission heart. But you never quite get over, and yet I see how God has used that. Because when we were uh, pastoring, the coroner's office would call us to minister to people who would lose their babies Mm. because we'd walked through it. Right. And so you have an understanding. And yet it was very painful because every time you did that, I would grieve again all over because you just know the pain they're experiencing and you know the pain that you've gone through. And yet we look back on these years and see the faithfulness of God and how he has seen us through this and how he has blessed our family. And I sometimes wonder, I said, would I have the passion for abandoned and orphaned children the same as we have now? I think Mm. God has used that in our lives to uh, further our ministry and and use us in a different way that we might not have. So it's uh, been... God's faithfulness, and we're testimonies of God's faithfulness to see us through the difficult oh. times and pick up the pieces and trust God. Oh, you absolutely mm-hmm. are testimonies of that. And you know, mm-hmm. like we talked earlier, it's um, Wes and I have um, with our, with the ministry. Yes, you know, we we've been able to meet so many adults in their second half, and they have some of them have experienced pain like you Mm -hmm. have experienced Mm -hmm. and it's like Mm -hmm. we don't understand the depth of what you know Mm -hmm. a story like yours that Mm -hmm. that that impact that that had on on your life at the time but it's so beautiful when you do see someone that has walked through the valley of death Mm -hmm. and yet they allow God to work work in them and and help help them eventually go out and help others Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so in your pain and then in, in the healing process, you're getting close then to, to leaving as the lead pastor at uh, the church in Santa Cruz. So what, what made you know that, because how old were you, uh, Bob, when you actually left the pastorate? Well, I had just turned 51. Uh, 51. My, my birthday was on December 3, and in 1990, in January, the second weekend of January, I spoke on the subject taking inventory of your life and told the church that uh, we have taken inventory of your life and here's a letter of resignation. And uh, we just felt with the walls that were falling down, right. uh, you know, the, the, the Berlin Wall was falling and the tremendous things happening that, uh, that uh, there was no longer the Soviet Union uh, we just felt because of our experiences and because of our calling for the mission field, we just felt uh, it was time to uh, resign and start Assist International. 
So tell us about ASSIST. What, what's the mission of ASSIST International? Well, there's a couple of scriptures, and, but there's 2,000 scriptures about ministering to the poorest and the neediest in the Bible. But a couple that are meaningful to us is James 1.27. True religion is taking care of orphans and widows in their distress and to keep yourself from being polluted by the world. And Proverbs 31, 8 and 9 is uh, a scripture that means a, a great deal to us to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And um, what, uh, what, what happened with Charlene is there came a time when the Lord began to heal her lungs. Mm -hmm. And I can't get into that story, but it was a God thing. And there's times at three o'clock in the morning, I can hear her breathing and I say, how could this possibly be? Because she wasn't even expected to live. I'm a miracle. Oh, you are. <laughs> Second chance of life. Wow. So that gave us the opportunity uh, to do something else, mm -hmm. to have a new venture in our lives in, in, in 19, uh, uh, you know, when we were 50 and 51. Yeah. And uh, the church asked us to stay until after the big Easter production that we always had at the Civic Auditorium. Then the next so and we were on our way to Cyprus and Bulgaria and Romania and the all next to the, week. That's yeah. Wow. We're on our way. <laughs> to Eastern Europe. Yeah. How did, how did you like that? Two days of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if you would call it retirement. People thought we were retiring, but I never worked so hard my whole life as yeah. we worked for the yeah, last no. twenty-five years. Oh no, I know, I know that. That's why I'm calling it just the two days there. Um, so um, assist. You go and you help. Um, you address the needs of the world's most vulnerable people. And you have um, five areas mm -hmm. that, uh, that, you, um, that you address. Uh, water, the poverty solution, education, medical, and then with the orphaned and abandoned uh, children. Um, can you just kind of, in a nutshell, just paint a picture of what a day in assist looks like in one of the countries that you can at least mention. Uh, let me address the orphan and abandoned children. That's uh, where my heart is, of course. And we love to do family villages, which means you build a home, you bring a family, a Christian parent, mother and father, and then you rescue these children off the streets, out of the state-run orphanages. And we've been doing that in Romania for over 20 years. You're full circle. So we are seeing five-year-olds that are on the street scrounging for food, brought into the homes. Now they've gone to Bible school. They're beautiful young ladies that are marrying Christian mm. men. There's uh, some that are studying to be doctors. There's others that are in the profession. They are they are thriving because they were given a hope and a future. Oh. And so that's one area that's very fulfilling, which we do more now in Africa and Uganda, of these family homes. Well, and let me just say that we've had the privilege of meeting some of these couples that that you ministered to when they were children and now they're married yes. and we've even had the privilege of them staying in our home and it's like what a, <laughs> what a testimony to to God's grace mm -hmm. and to your faithfulness and obedience you know to going there it's just, just, just amazing God, yes <laughs> so Bob is there one of those areas that you could well address? <laughs> well you know we have built schools in Africa mm -hmm. we built schools in Darfur we built schools in Sri Lanka and uh, also in Uganda. And you know, it's important for orphan children to be trained up in the ways of the Lord and to get a good education. And now one of the high schools that we built 
is uh, one of the top 2% high schools in all of Uganda. And, uh, and I'm telling you, now they have uh, over 400 students in the high school with a huge waiting list of people who want to go there because it's doing so well. And so that's something that's very important to us. And then women's empowerment. Uh, one of our daughters uh, on assignment for water and power and, and medical pr projects in uh, Africa, they were there for six weeks. And when a um, father dies because of AIDS or because of war, his wife, uh, his family, his, his family comes and takes everything. Mm -hmm. And the wife is left with just children all by herself. And she's not trained to, to mm -hmm. earn a living. And sometimes it gets so desperate that she feels like she has to become a prostitute and all of that. So we've started a women's empowerment program there where we have sewing machines and ovens and, mm. and, uh, and jewelry and I've bring I've brought back suitcases full of jewelry that were sold in the United States and the profit goes back out there for right. these women and to me that is a very important right. part of what we do and then medical projects uh, you know when you're when you're when you're taking uh, and, and we and we spend our time in the critical care departments and the operating theaters mm -hmm. And if they don't have proper equipment, it's more a room of death than it is a room of life. But I admire doctors and nurses because all people are made in the image of God. Children are made in the image of God. And it's sacred work when you help uh, bring, um, save their lives because of critical care equipment. And so that has been a very fulfilling part of what we do. In fact, everything we're involved in, we really feel is a calling. Right. Oh, well, it is, and, and obviously you can just uh, see that. It just comes out of your pores and your heart. Yeah. Is there a story that comes to your mind of someone maybe um, in their second half of life that um, they've ventured with you to one of the places where you've gone to minister, and maybe it's just kind of changed their heart? Well, I'll start with one. Uh, a gentleman that uh, went over to help us build one of the houses and so then the next time he came back in about a year with his wife and the two of them are now 85. They're leaving in two weeks going back to Romania. They've become the grandparents to one of the homes in, uh, in uh, Camino Felix oh, and it. they are constantly, he was in sheet metal, that was his profession and heating and uh, things before he retired and now he goes he knocks on doors he rounds up things he fixes the houses he rounds up supplies for the kids uh, help you know we try to help him ship out whatever he can find and then they go and they do it wow <laughs> and it's just I incredible. love it yeah. I love it and he's he's a grandpa for, a, for one of the homes yeah. in wow. Romania. They wow. call him Grandpa because of his love for the people. And his wife is, of course, a grand, uh, grandmother for, for that. And then I can think of uh, the Mendenhalls. She was United Airlines uh, flight attendant. Uh -huh. And as they got older, in their early 60s, they went out to build on one of the uh, homes that we built there and uh, were so blessed by that and thought we'd be building these kind of homes all over the world. Well, when you go to Africa, it's a different story. So they join Habitat for Humanity, and they've been building homes all over the world and become leaders of Habitat wow. for Humanity because of the seed that was planted when they built a And they're doing that home. now. And oh, they're yeah. doing that yeah. now. Still doing that, that is so <laughs> great. Yeah. That is so great. Well, I know that um, recently you announced your stepping down from the lead role that you both have played uh, in ASSIST. 
but kind of watching from the sidelines, you guys, it seems to me like you guys have in a very healthy way passed the baton. And those of us that know you so well, we know there's no way that you're going to be just kicking back in that recliner, okay? <laughs> so if you could just kind of address how, how you feel like you've, you've yeah. in a healthy way, handed this baton, but yet still being able to stay involved. Well, you know, when you're, you know, I'm 76. When you look at it from a certain perspective, four years from 80, then you feel like, hey, <laughs> there comes a time that younger people need to be the leaders of this. And uh, so uh, we have an outstanding uh, young man, Ralph Sudfeld, our son-in-law, who is now the chief uh, executive officer and president of, of ASSIST. I remain as a founder mm -hmm. and as uh, the chairman of the board of uh, directors and uh, to do special projects. I'm just hoping that, that every project isn't a special project because we <laughs> want to pick and choose what we do in the future. Right, right. But my feeling is that that when you're called, I don't care who you are, if you love God and love the Lord Jesus, there's a call of God that's upon your life. Mm -hmm. I don't care, it's not just being behind a pulpit, it's not just being a missionary, but it's being a carpenter, it's being a lawyer, it's being a school teacher, right. it's being a plumber, it's being somebody who changes beds at a hotel. Just your life and your presence can change other people's lives. And so it's a calling. And I think of my mother, my mother, when she was in her 70s, uh, she and her husband, my dad died when I was a senior in high school and she married a cowboy, a rancher. So they lived in Clayton, New Mexico. She became the Dear Abby for all the young people in, and went to all the football games and everybody came to her for counseling and guidance. Then she, they go to assisted living and sell their ranch. And then she becomes a committee member. She, she teaches Bible school, uh, Bible classes and that thing. So, so because of a call in her life, she never quit. Wow. And I don't think anybody should right, ever quit. Right, right. You know, I, it, to, to me, to sit back and, and, okay, which golf course am I going to play today? And which swimming pool? I'm not, I'm not critical of others. But I really honestly believe that God has a calling upon our lives right. until our last breath. Yeah. So there's an opportunity for you to serve if you're willing to just open up to sense God's call. And there's a lot of gifts that people have. They just need to move yeah. into those gifts right. and never give up and never quit. <laughs> so Charlene, can you just say something in closing maybe to some woman that's listening that, that you know, she does have this these gifts and, oh, and passions. That, to me, in my mind, there's a million ways that you could use your talents, whether you can cook, whether you can pray, whether you can uh, bend a nurse, you can go on some of these projects. If you have a mother's heart, a grandmother's heart, I mean, there is tons of needs in the world. It's just incredible. And God can show you exactly where he wants you to fit that need. Absolutely. Well, Bob and Charlie, do you guys see why I wanted you to meet them? Okay. I mean, they, they, this is them. If you run into them uh, uh, at a Starbucks in a couple of weeks, they're, they're the same excited people. They have just such a passion for Jesus. We absolutely love you guys. And just thank you for modeling so well what the mission of Yes is. And you guys are like poster kids of Yes Young Enough to Serve. So just thank you so, so much. Bob, could you just uh, say a closing prayer and blessing over yeah. someone that might be listening to this? Well, I, first of all, I, I want to thank you and your husband for being the leaders of Yes mm. and giving people an opportunity when they are in the last half of their life mm. to do something significant mm. for the Lord. And so we really are grateful oh. for your leadership in that regard. Thank you, Bob. 
Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this opportunity to be with Judy and to share our thoughts about the present and the future. And Lord, for those of us who are getting older, um, you know, the clock keeps ticking. And one day we're going to be meeting you and be in your presence. And Lord, we just hope for all the seniors who are uh, listening in today that um, when we all stand before the Lord, uh, that he will look with us and say it is well with your soul and thank you for what you've done for the poorest and the neediest and what you've done to be a lighthouse for Jesus. I pray that you will bless the Wicks. I pray that you will bless all their ministry. And I pray, Lord, for those who are listening that are kind of floundering, wondering what uh, their next step for life is. Lord, just help them to uh, just be ready to give. Help them to ready to take the talents that they've used in other places and other situations and now use them for you. And sometimes it's a full-time job that they can use for you, Lord, because in their retirement, they could just uh, have that, that time where they can just uh, open their hearts and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Bob and Char. Love you guys to pieces. Thank you for listening to the Yes Podcast. If you are interested in getting involved with Yes or would simply like more information about this ministry, we welcome you to visit our website at yes2serve.org.